0: of all the stories in the Bible I believe only one surpasses the story of Joseph right and it's actually uh, the story of the one pictured in it right Uh, the one that was greater than Joseph our Lord Jesus Christ but other than that I don't think there's any greater story in the Bible than the story of Joseph I, um, there was one time, uh, my family and I, we got to travel to Washington state. And, uh, one of the highlights of that trip for me was we took a, I don't know if it was a four mile hike, um, up into a actually secluded lake, uh, surrounded by snow capped mountains. And actually the lake was feeded by the, the snow melt, uh, that year. And, uh, but one of the things I loved about the beauty of it was to see, um, the, the majestic mountains, right? The beauty of the mountains mirrored in the lake below it. And really, that's what this is, right? That's what we're doing, right? Is that the life of our blessed Lord is just like that as it's pictured in that of Joseph. Right? We kind of get a little mirror image of our Savior. Someone uh, who's loved by his father, right? Loved by his father. Hated by his brethren. But was exalted among the Gentiles. We are at the point in, in this story of Joseph, in this portion of Joseph's history, we, we, we've finally reached the period in which God unfolds his plan for the glory and exaltation of Joseph. And as this fine story is developed, we see therein a picture of God's purpose for the exaltation of the Lord Jesus. He is worthy, isn't he? In chapter 41, again, we're going to hope that you're familiar again with the context here. Right? We know that um, Pharaoh's had a dream. The, uh, the butler there finally remembers what he promised Joseph, tells Pharaoh about this guy. Pharaoh calls him and uh, explains the dream to, to Joseph, and then Joseph interprets the dream. Um, but for time's sake, we're going to begin in verse 37 of chapter 41. It says, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee. And so he sent him over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath penea and he gave him as a wife Asenath the daughter of Potipharah, priest of An. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. The Lord will bless the reading of his word again this morning. Let's just look to the Lord. Our Father, we're so thankful for uh, how this story is developed, and, and we certainly can see um, therein a picture of your purpose for the exaltation of your Son. The Lord Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would help us see that this morning, that you would be glorified, that you would be exalted even in this place today. We pray that even this morning we would um, in our hearts bow before thee, we would submit ourselves to you and to you alone, knowing that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord, to the glory of God your Father. Lord Jesus, thank you again for this time that we can look into this story. May we see you this morning, we pray, in your holy and precious name, amen. So there's just three things we're going to look at this morning in this portion. Um, The first one is this, we're going to see a no name, a no name. Next section, we're going to see a noble name. And the last part, we're going to see a new name. Okay. A no name. You'll see here in the portion that we just read in verses 37, 38, right? Um, that God now having destroyed the, the wisdom of the wise, right? And has brought to nothing the understanding of the prudent, right? He's going to fall back on a man in whom is the Spirit of God. <laughs> we read this in 1 Corinthians, right? All the wise men of Egypt, they tried to interpret the dream for Pharaoh, and they couldn't. And here God destroys the wisdom of the wise and, and uses this, this man, Joseph. Three things you'll notice about this no name. Uh, this, this Joseph, right, is one, he's small, right? Um, he's actually uh, a man who was in a dungeon. He was someone, as we already learned before, was was, uh, sold by his brothers, his own brothers. He was a slave of Potiphar. Imprisoned. But I, I want you to know this morning, church, that God's man is always of little account in the eyes of the world. The man who is destined to wield a power that no mortal has ever exercised is for the moment languishing in a prison, (laughs) reckoned among the base things of the world or the things which are despised. Nevertheless, he is the chosen of God, right? To confound the mighty. He is the one that's chosen of God to, to bring to nothing the things that are. And so it comes to pass, right, that Joseph is brought from the dungeon into the presence of the earth's most powerful monarch. Amazing. In the world's eyes, Joseph was nothing. Here's this small, insignificant, no-name Hebrew, and he is called upon and brought and stood before the, most powerful monarch of that day, the Pharaoh. But another thing we see with this, this man Joseph, right, is he is selfless. Or of course, Pharaoh speaking as a natural man, he says, I, I heard that, that uh, you can understand a dream, to interpret it. Now again, here is a, a man coming from the dungeon Right, standing before Pharaoh, and here is the great man of the Pharaoh saying, Hey, listen, I heard that you can interpret my dream. What does Joseph say? No, I can't. In essence, right? I mean, he literally confesses, that's not in me. That's not of me. We read in verse 16. It was no more in Joseph than it was in any of the wise men of Egypt. They may have been learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. They may hold the very highest positions in the court of the king, but it was not in them. Joseph, on the other hand, right? He's a young man. He's young. He's a Hebrew. He's a slave. He's in a dungeon. Joseph understood, listen, it is not in me. It's not of me. But even though Joseph is a young Hebrew slave in a dungeon God being with him he surpasses the wisdom of the wise doesn't he in fact he not only surpasses the wisdom of the wise but he can stand without fear in the presence of the king and he can say with the utmost confidence God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace He doesn't say, God can give Pharaoh an answer. However true that would have been. But faith passing beyond what God can do, definitely states what God will do. Understand what's happening here, is you've got a Hebrew slave in a dungeon, but God is with him. And because God is with him, not only is he able to surpass the wisdom of the wise men of Egypt, not only is he able to stand without fear in the presence of the king, but he's able to say with utmost confidence that God will, God will do what you need, Pharaoh. Pharaoh says something so interesting, right? In verse 30, he says, can we find such a one as this? a man in whom is the Spirit of God. You see this no name, right? This this uh, this Joseph, not only was he small, not only was he selfless, but he was Spirit-filled. And church, I want us to understand today that it is still the possession of, of the Spirit of God that makes the immeasurable difference between the children of God and the wise men of the world. That's the difference. The immeasurable difference. You see, many may possess giant intellects with as much learning as the world can afford, holding high ranks in the religious world, but unless born again, they are mere Natural men without the spirit and cannot even see the things that belong to the kingdom of God, much less enter that kingdom. Joseph was filled with the spirit of God. That even Pharaoh, I always thought about that. Why did Pharaoh say that? How did Pharaoh know about the spirit of God? <laughs> but he recognized something in this young man, this slave. That he was a man in whom was the Spirit of God. Wasn't Christ, in a sense, a no-name? We just read this morning in Philippians that actually Jesus Christ, right? He made himself of no what? Reputation. Reputation. In fact, we, we read in the Bible that he came into his own, right? And his own didn't even receive him. We, we read of, of, of stories where he does things, he says things, he performs miracles, and what do they say? Isn't this a carpenter's son? He's a, he's a nobody. He's a no-name. Right? And Even worse than that, he's from Nazareth. What does the Bible say about people who come from Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And yet, right, this no name, this Hebrew, this one of no reputation, we read that when he had been baptized, it says, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. We read in Luke, right before Jesus right, is tempted by Satan, it says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then after his time there in the wilderness, it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. To Galilee. You recall Jesus, right? When he was in Nazareth, he was in the synagogue, right? And he said there that day, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. Quoting Isaiah 61. But even John says this in John chapter 3. Verse 34, he says this, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. You see, Christ was anointed by the Holy Spirit of God in a way that was not true of any other person. Yeah, others have been conscious of the help, right? Of the Holy Spirit in their ministries. But no one else ever had such a spirit-filled ministry as the Son of God. The prophets, they received a partial revelation from God. But remember, it was the Spirit in Christ and by Christ that revealed the very wisdom of God to man. So we have a no-name Uh, uh, a Hebrew slave who was in a dungeon. And God is able to use him to shame the wisdom of the wise, right? To confound the mighty because Joseph was a man in whom the spirit of God was. I dare say, too, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was here on this earth, was a nobody. In the world's eyes, a man from Nazareth, a carpenter's son, a man of no reputation. But a man was filled with the Holy Spirit like no one else ever on this earth. And God used him to confound the mighty. He used him to shame the wisdom of this world. We've heard so many times, no one ever talked like this man before. No one ever talked like him before. Do you think it's true of us today? You may think to yourself, John, I'm I'm really a no-name. <laughs> I'm nobody. Right? Uh, where I work is insignificant. It's kind of a eh, job. Even at church, I'm just... I want to encourage you this morning is that you are right where God wants you to be. You see, God likes to use those who in the world's eyes are nobody. He used Joseph. He used the Lord Jesus. He can use you. But here's the condition, right? The condition is that we have to be men and women who are filled with the Spirit of God. That's the requirement the same spirit, right, that was with Joseph, the same spirit that filled our Lord Jesus Christ, right? That same spirit also dwells within us. Those who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. So my question, I guess, is this, is when the world encounters you, does it say as Pharaoh said, wow, right, here is a man or a woman in whom is the Spirit of God. Are we yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God? Are we allowing ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit in our lives? Don't worry about what kind of education you've got. Don't worry about what kind of status you have in the working world. Don't worry about any of those things. God could care less. The world tells you, hey, listen, those things are significant. Not in God's eyes. God loves to take the base things, right? The the simple things, right? To shame the wisdom of this world. To confound the mighty. That's what God wants to do. So we see a no name here. Right? But then we see God's plan unfolding here. Right? And we see a noble name. You see, men today, they will not own God as the God of heaven and earth. See, God is welcome to heaven, right? Heaven is a place where man knows nothing or cares even less about, right? But as for earth, right, which we know is the center of all man's affections, right? Man, right, says it must be governed according to man's idea, And that idea is this, it enthrones the will of man as supreme to the total exclusion of God. That's man's plan, right? They're fine with giving God heaven, but they will not acknowledge him as Lord of heaven and earth. In fact, we see today that all that man cares about is the will of man, and they have totally excluded the will of God today. Nevertheless, right, God has his plans, doesn't he, for the future government of the world. And the cool thing is that God's plans, there's some things that are a mystery, right, some things that are kept hidden, but when it comes to God's plan for the governments of this world, right, he has not left us ignorant, has he? He's told us what he's going to do. And he actually shows us in Pharaoh's day, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm he shows Pharaoh in a dream what he was about to do. In our day, right, he has shown us by direct revelation what he is going to do. And so Pharaoh, right, he has this dream and he's told by Joseph, told by Joseph to, to select a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. You see, God would not be governed by parliament. God would not be governed by cabinets or counselors and ministers. But God would govern by a man who was discreet and wise. That was God's plan for the governments in that day. In Pharaoh's day, God was going to govern Egypt by the one who had been rejected by his brethren, cast out, forgotten by the world, and in the Egyptians' eyes is really an abomination. The Hebrews were an abomination to them. But that was God's plan. He was going to have Egypt, the greatest nation in that day, be governed by such a one. One man. And this, it came to pass, right? That the man who was separated from his brethren, is exalted to a place of supremacy over all the land of Egypt. The rejection by his brethren, the humiliation he had borne, the lowly positions he had filled, and the sufferings that he had endured all led to the place of exaltation. And so we read that he puts him on the the chariot behind him, and all the men call out as Joseph comes through. All must bow. All must bow to the one rejected and despised one. You know who bowed to Joseph that day? Potiphar. The one who had uh, imprisoned him. But not only that, you know who else bowed to him? His wife. The one who falsely accused him. What humiliation for them, huh? Here they falsely accused this man and falsely uh, imprisoned him. And now they are bowing before him. We even read of later on, those who rejected him, those who had told him his brothers, they bowed before him as well. Now God has disclosed to us now that according to his good pleasure, he has purposed to head up all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Right, The Lord Jesus, who when he entered the world, found no room, even in a wayside inn. Who, when he came into his own, they did not receive him. Who, as he passed through this world, he was a stranger in the land, with nowhere to lay his head who when he died, he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. This one, this one of whom God has decreed, the government will be upon his shoulder. Amen? Amen? That's what God decreed. This one, this one will be called Wonderful, he'd be called Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God has highly exalted him that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every knee. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. All of those religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who falsely accused our Savior, they will bow the knee. Satan, the enemy of God, he will bow the knee. You see, brothers and sisters, the counsel of God has purposed the exaltation of Christ. We read in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be head of all things, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Colossians, he says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. The story of Joseph, Joseph sat in that chariot behind, and they called out that all must bow before Joseph. The word of God here tells us that when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, all will bow. All will bow before him. Beautiful thing here is that um, I'm not sure how Joseph um, approached Pharaoh. I'm not sure if they clean him up. I'm not sure how they present him before the king, before the Pharaoh. Uh, But whatever he was wearing, it changed, didn't it? Right? The Pharaoh then put a gold chain around his neck and a ring on his finger and a robe on him. And So again, we see that the garments of humiliation, the garments of poverty, by which in grace he clothed himself, are forever laid aside. The crown of thorns is exchanged for a crown of glory. The reed in which they beat him with, in exchange for the royal scepter, the seamless robe, for which the they exchanged. That seamless robe is now a shining raiment, exceeding white as snow. On earth he appeared as the poor man. In heaven the glory of God is shining in his face. Not only is the Lord Jesus Christ in glory, but he is glorified. And just as we said all must bow and all will bow, we can say that all must submit. All Pharaoh says this without your consent, Joseph, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. If Joseph is supreme, all are called to submit. The Christian should delight to bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we acknowledge as Jesus Christ as supreme. Then church we are called to submit. To submit to His Word. To submit to His instructions. To submit to His commandments. Because He is supreme. It's a noble name. A noble name. So we see not only just a a no name, we see a noble name. And then here, the last part, we see a new name. Uh, Joseph is given by Pharaoh actually a new name. Um, the name is zaphnath Paniah, And the interesting thing about this word, this Egyptian name, is that it's actually, there is uncertainty as to the meaning of the name. Bible scholars have, have cannot come to an agreement on what this name means. But they all certainly agree that it's one of these, one of these, and certainly as I share them with you, they're all fitting. One of the names uh, that they believe this is to mean is the revealer of secrets. The revealer of secrets. Um, certainly this refers to Joseph's wisdom, right, in interpreting the dream. But even in that, remember Joseph, of course, gave all the glory to God for his ability to discern Pharaoh's dreams. Remember, he said, I cannot do it, but God will give the Pharaoh the answer he desires. Right? And that's why it's so appropriate that not only Joseph was called the revealer of secrets, but we know the Lord Jesus, as we already looked at earlier. Right? It was, it was by the Spirit, and, and, and uh, the Spirit was in him and by him, revealing the actual wisdom of God. It was through Jesus that God revealed his wisdom. So, in many cases, Jesus is the revealer of secrets. There are so many mysteries uh, that we've looked at in the Bible here that have been revealed through our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. There's another one, uh, it means sustainer of life. Sustainer of life, certainly, um, probably because of the way Joseph had saved the lives of the Egyptians. Some of you might have in your Bible there in the margin, they they say it means God speaks and he lives. It's an interesting phrase, God speaks and he lives. Um, But it's interesting, another way of interpreting that is, says the God. (laughs) Very well, Pharaoh could have named him that. Hey, listen, I'm going to call you, says the God. (laughs) Um, Again, other than Pharaoh himself, right? Anything that Joseph would say from that on, right? was ultimate authority. Or in fact, maybe he recognized that God had spoken through Joseph. That uh, he recognized that uh, the wise Joseph had the Spirit of God within him. But when I'm the one I'm most convinced of um, and again, can't be dogmatic about it. I'm not completely sure, but Josephus, even the great historian, he's convinced this is it, amongst others, is that Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphne Penea, which means Savior of the world. It's fitting, isn't it? We read of Mary in Matthew chapter 1, where the angel says, or actually to Joseph, right? He says, uh, "You shall give him the name Jesus. Jehovah saves. We already read this morning, right, that that name, that name Jesus, Savior of the world, it's at that name every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we read this. Actually, uh, I want to read a couple of verses before that too which I don't know by memory. Um, In Acts chapter 4, beginning verse 10, it says this, Let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. There was a man here that they had... Uh, A helpless man who needed help. But he says, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has now become the chief cornerstone. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Amen. If you want to be saved, the only way you could be saved is coming to know Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. Joseph, I just love, like I said, this part of the story where God starts to develop this story here where uh, God's purpose is for the exaltation of Joseph. And certainly we see that beautiful mirror in the lake right, of the majestic mountains above. Right? We see in Joseph certainly the life of our beloved Lord, who God purposed to exalt as well, who is supreme, who is Lord, who is the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we are thankful uh, for how humble you were. Uh, thanks for our coming and making yourself of no reputation, emptying yourself, even uh, being obedient to the point of death on a cross. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you that no man, no one ever was spirit-filled as you were in your ministry here on earth. Thank you for the example that you are. Thank you for the way that you impacted the world in just such a short time. And Lord Jesus, help that encourage us, uh, that those of us who have the spirit of God in us, that, that we too can be used of God just as Joseph was. And, uh, we also, uh, acknowledge you, Lord Jesus, uh, this morning as supreme. We acknowledge you as, as King. Um, we are so thankful, uh, that, that God has exalted you and, um, We certainly are privileged to bow the knee uh, today and we acknowledge that one day every knee will bow before you. And also we thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us. Thank you that um, you are the propitiation not only for my sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And we thank you that there is not salvation in any other name given among men whereby we could be saved. Yours is the only name that can save. It's in that precious name that we give you thanks and uh, just again um, give you all the glory uh, and honor that you deserve. It's in your precious name that we uh, give you thanks. Amen.